not cry in front of the church family. Do not cry in front of the church family. Do not cry in front of the church family. <laughs> ah. Well, there's a lot of reasons I'm emotional. Ah. The humble man who was talking about his grandmother is a doctor, Dr. Richard Neal. And uh, if you were here and witnessed that, you can understand why his pedigree is a preaching doctor. In 1989, I was a broken-hearted teenager wrestling with suicide. And uh, I heard him preach. And it's going to factor into this uh, sermon a part of me. He made an altar call, man. A part of me wanted to come down, but a, a part of me was like, no, 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 you, you can't do that. I go back to the, uh, the RV website. They are uh, Bob and Rhonda Backman. Eric, their son, was in Europe. I met them the previous summer. They said, you come be our son and, and come to camp meeting. And they say, hey, why don't you go to Auburn Academy? So I leave a country. I'm an immigrant. I leave the country, I come here to the United States, and uh, that's when I have the best senior class, and Heidi Weisskroom is, <clears throat> excuse me, so she's here, and then from there I go to Walla Walla, and uh, I don't think I'm going to amount to much, and I take this class to learn how to teach, my teacher was Nancy Nelson. And her husband did some leadership gig for the school. I can't remember exactly what that was. Uh, just president of the university. And um, so they're here. And I got kids around the same age as I am, giving their life to Jesus. And uh, my middle name's Joseph. The kids don't know this. Came in here last night. And uh, there's a couple of adults that are behind this worship ministry with these kids. And I don't know all of them. I just know the pastor who's Gatra. Excuse me, Gatra. And uh, his ministry is evident because he doesn't have to be up here leading them. And so uh, my wife, who might be uh, having JoJo take a nap here in the building, she was here in the first service, and she's like, did you, did you plan the music? Because of my middle name being Joseph, Jehovah Jireh is very loaded and charged if you know your Bible. So all of this is happening, and I have no idea why, and I wrestle with uh, stage fright and insecurity. So if any of you have that, I have it all day, every day. <laughs> That's probably why I got five gallons of water underneath here. My mouth just evaporates. And so um, I'm like Azure Hills. Your former pastor is uh, Dr. John Brunt to you. He's Uncle John and Aunt Ione to me. And Aunt Ione, if you're watching, I hope you're getting better. And Uncle John, thank you. Uh, they were at Walla Walla. He was my preaching teacher, homiletics. And uh, his nephew was a classmate, and I didn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving. And Donnie's like, why don't you come over to our, our house and meet Uncle John, who's the academic vice president at that time. All of this is right here, right now. But I have no idea why. Um, so I'm a little bit uh, wrecked, for lack of a better term. And I'm just so thankful that 
I mean, it's, it's, Azure's, it's, it's Azure Hills. I mean, I don't know if you kids understand, like, this is a pretty prestigious pulpit. You know what I mean? Some of you who are younger have no idea about the legend of Morris Venden, who used to be here. Y'all will call him Morris Venden on the, you know, I, I've got an educated, degreed professional naval officer part. And then I've got a in the urban kind of hood part, you know what I mean? And so the degreed professional will call him Morris Venden, the hood part will call him Mo V, you know. And that man I've heard preach on a couple of, and this Romans 7 and 8 in the background is his illustrations about Paul and wrestling with this thing. So without further ado, let's just uh, pray together. God, I have no idea why now, why here, why this pulpit, why this many people. But I am here just giving my humble efforts to try and have somebody understand the power of the person presence of the Holy Spirit. So please, once again, you're already here ministering. Just tap on human hearts. Break down some defenses. Melt some ice. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's any of these uh, miniature adults that might have been up here for the children's story, have you ever heard this jingle? I've uh, got a two-year-old, so we've been watching some, uh, some television together, and there's this... Kids recognize this? Or is it my son, the only one that watches it? What is it? Whenever there's a problem around Adventure Bay... Who, uh, Paw Patrol, I heard it. Somebody knows. Yeah, 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 somebody knows. All right. Part pup, part superhero, rider, part kid, part superhero. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Miniature adults and adults. You might know this one, right? The, the most prolific sci-fi movie series on, in planet Earth. Episode 1, 1977. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I'll say the first name. You say the last name. Luke? Princess? Han? All right, all right, here we go. So you've got uh, two groups, right? The bad guys are the Sith. The good guys are? And the Jedi use what to do things? Well, the Force. Part human, part Force to do great things and help people, an invisible presence inhabits human beings. Oh, I got another one, right? One of the most... Uh, the highest grossing Hollywood series, maybe even for three, supersede, maybe. But uh, hint, the, the bad guy, the Greek name uh, is Death. But you would just know him as Thanos. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody knows? I really am asking because I don't know. I, I think her last name is Romanoff. What's her real name? Yeah, yeah, you know, right? And then dude in the iron suit who can fly, what's it? And then there's the bow and arrow. I don't know these people. I've watched the movies. I can't remember them. I'm too old, you know. Then there's some, he gets real green when he gets angry. You know, you know, don't you? Don't you? Yeah, right? And if we peel back the layers just a little bit, right? Uh, part human, part superhero, 
The human part has to decrease so the superhero part can increase. And uh, I, I might have heard some of these themes before, have you? It, it's amazing that I, I've seen them. So, uh, you know, I, I said to the first, uh, first service family, and uh, I, I belong to a small church one exit away from the Mexican border down in San Diego. And uh, yes, I'm hoping they're not watching. I was praying for the camera. I got an insecure part. You know, I'm, I'm not even playing. And it's like, I was like, oh, surely the snow is going to keep Azure Hills away today. But oh, no, two baptisms of the most popular Adventist kids in the history of the universe. <laughs> uh. And so I, I say quite frequently when I preach, man, I'm, I'm preaching loudest to my own heart. You just happen to be listening. I'm I spent money. I've seen them all. I, I'm a fan. And that's Star Wars and that force. And I'm like, man, we spend billions. Now, some of you um, may or may not know, but I am of Asian Indian descent. My parents, yes. I eat curry for breakfast, and I am not ashamed to tell you. So this may not be all Asian Indians. This may be just the Grant family. But we are notoriously cheap, frugal. True story. Walking around in my house as a kid, I found a quarter. My pops, hey, amen, give me the quarter. I'm like, pops, it's a quarter. He's like, four quarters, make a dollar. You can go to the dollar store and get something. We are notoriously frugal in the Grant family. Now, little, my father made up for that a, a lot, more than made up for that later in life. I'm just talking about the dad that was when I was a kid, you know what I mean? So when we talk a billion dollars, and it's more than a billion, if you start adding up all the money for Paw Patrol, for Avengers, for the Jedis and Star Wars, billions. So. For those of you who are mathematicians, and I'm sure I've got a bunch of you in here, do you have any idea in days, weeks, months, years, how long a million seconds are? Somebody said 12 days. Did somebody say 12 days? Yeah. Wow. You are exactly right. 12 days. I had to look that up on the internet. All right, do any of you know how many days, weeks, years, months, a billion seconds is? Holy smokes, did you just Google that? <laughs> That's a billion. We, we, don't, we don't fathom billion, right? We think million, billion, whatever. Billions of Adventist dollars going to see movies. That talk about superheroes, part human, part superhero. The human part must decrease, so the superhero part must increase. I, I, I might have heard a little something, something about that. And if this beautiful biblical community wants to thrive, you got to have the love of Jesus. And this guy by the name of Paul says, in order for love to be in the community, you got to have grace and truth. 
You got to have it. You got to have grace and truth. And this passage of scripture that is read at so many of our weddings, he's talking about the truth here, but he's going to talk about keep no record of wrong. And so I would like to submit to you today, friends, family, church family, recent baptismal candidates, that there is scripture that would say we have these parts, just like the money we spend to go see superheroes. And I'd like to start with Jesus. Parts. That he says, I went a little farther, bowed with my face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. I got this part that wants to be faithful, and I got this part that's scared to be suffering. It's, it's biblical. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. On a Roman cross, his body is aching. He's in hellacious pain. He's sweating blood. And while one part of his body is dying, another part is giving radical, amazing love and grace. Parts. The Apostle Paul writes, if I could paraphrase, the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the evil things I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Parts. And some of you know, preaching loudest to my own heart, I'm, I'm ashamed. I can't believe this is going to go on camera. But if you are wired as a type A personality, you know, type A's, driven, motivated, get in and get there done. And you are also a bit pedantic about being on time, which the military has, 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 has brainwashed me. Drive my wife crazy. 15 minutes early is on time, on time's late, late's unacceptable. That's what the Marines will tell you. You are a type A person. You might be late to an appointment, dare I say, a church function. And as a type A person, there is a type B person driving in what is supposed to be the passing lane. There's a part of you that knows Paul and the gospel. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy somebody. And there's another part of you wishing to King Jesus, this person had studied the manual that this is the fast lane and passing lane. And you've got this part and you're late for church or late to work or late to him. And you have this war. And then you look over to the carpool lane. And you wonder if Jesus is in the, if that counts as two people. <laughs> there's a part of you that wants to be faithful and a person of integrity, but there's another. And if we were to tell the truth, like Paul says, some of us cross some lines to, to get to the church on time. Thank you, David Bowie. <laughs> Parts. If any of you have ever had a crush on somebody, friend, Stuck in the friend zone. Classmate. Colleague. You know that there's a part of you that says, I'm just friend. No, I could never. No. Mm -mm. But there's another part of you. Oh, it's just a hello. 
It's just a text. Slide into the DMs. Parts. You know, if we're going to tell the truth, we all have parts within us, and there are conversations, and we hear voices, and we speak to ourselves, and it's not schizophrenia. It's not multiple personality. It's biblical. We just don't talk about it. And Paul says, if you're going to thrive as a community, you've got to tell the truth. Parts. And heaven forbid, if there's anybody within my hearing that has ever lost somebody that they love, and they're Seventh-day Adventists, and they are grieving, or anybody, heaven forbid, within my hearing that has gone through a divorce or a, or a painful breakup of a dating relationship, there's a part of you that's quite logical. There's other fish in the sea, right? This person is sleeping in Jesus. If you're a good Seventh-day Adventist, you know that there's going to be a great getting up morning. You know it. Some of you, especially if you are preachers, you know what Paul says, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive will be caught up together with them to meet them in the air. You know, we know this stuff. But outside of our cognitive understanding and our part that knows theology and knows doctrine, there's another part inside of us that is breaking and you can't pray the pain away. You can't stop it. And what makes divorce ultra painful is that you've got to grieve the death of somebody who is still alive. Parts. And if there was ever somebody who understand parts, it's this apostle. This guy who had direct access to God. What does he say? If I don't do what I want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me. Parts. And that's why I'm just wondering this afternoon if I've got a bunch of teenagers or a bunch of young adults or a bunch of adults who have been Seventh-day Adventists for so long. And you understand about Jesus and about healing and about new birth and about conversion. And maybe for the first time we're having an honest conversation to be a thriving community of love. That there's parts. But there might be somebody within my hearing that goes, hey man, I've done the Sabbath thing. I understand the doctrines. I got a part of me where it all makes logical sense. But spiritually separate from theology, emotionally separate from theology. I've got these parts, and man, this prayer thing isn't working for me. I understand that Jesus is the one that gives new life, and that's a partial truth. We're going to get to that. And I've been baptized with water, and I really, when I was a kid, and I made this decision, I... I really felt that when I went under the water, I was going to come up and I was going to be super Christian and super disciple. And I really wasn't going to have hang-ups and habits and addictions and bad behavior. 
But I got this part of me that really wants to love Jesus and another part of me that succumbs to sin. I've, I've got these parts and chaps. I don't know that prayer really works because I've been praying. And I'm trying to give you some good news preaching loudest to my own heart that the apostle Paul had this issue. And this is why he writes in Romans 7, man, I'm miserable. The good that I want to do, I don't do. The bad habits I don't want to have, I have. I want to be a Jesus-loving follower. I want to have this righteousness. Man, I want to be a good dude. I don't want to be an absolute ogre in conflict with my significant other, with my spouse, with my friends. But when it comes to arguing and conflict, this sin living in me just comes out. And I'm miserable. Because after you have fallen, after you've given in, after you've succumbed to whatever the habit is, there's this another part that just judges you. The truth is, some of us, we prayed, we begged, we've asked, we've confessed, and all we're doing, Sabbath to Sabbath, is surviving. We ain't thriving. For some of us, we tell the truth. We're miserable. But we come to the church inside a building. Notice my language there. We come to the church that resides in a building. With the hope that, hey, maybe one of these days something's going to give and this superhero Holy Spirit, this superhero Jesus is going to manifest himself. So I'm not going to be addicted and I'm not going to be uh, this ogre when it comes to conflict and conflict resolution. And so we come, we hope, we ask, and I'm just wondering, I mean, I, this isn't in the notes, so I, I mean, I was already wrestling with a lot of insecurity coming here, right? And then Pastor Tara last Sabbath, like set the pulpit on fire. I, I was watching, man, in that gospel choir, man, I was having church in my house because I didn't go to the building. I was having it here. I, the, the truth is with my insecurity, man, I've been watching you all for like the last six Sabbaths. Like, it's like I got to get a vibe for these beautiful people that... They're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to stone me. They're not going to like me. Parts. And the, the word she preached. Mercy. Y'all need to get that. Don't watch me. Watch her. So I don't know if you know somebody who may have put this together, huh? Yeah, what it looks like to live a Christ-like life. To live out this love, especially on Black History Month when someone doesn't share your gender. Your race, your age, your cultural background, your socioeconomic upbringing, your sexuality, your understanding of what any of that means. What does it mean to show up in love with that person? You know who said that? Yes, that would be a correct answer. You're passing. I'm a fan. I was on YouTube. Pause. Pause. Because can we, can we tell the truth? My beautiful Asian Indian culture... I would like to make the argument is the most racist on the planet because of the Hindu caste system. We are ridiculous. You could be an Indian that's the exact same color. You could be from the same kind of area. 
But if you are a lower caste and I'm a higher caste, you might as well be dead to me. We, we can be some of the most racist people. And I'm just so glad there's no Indian people that attend the Azure Hills Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'd be like, really, Jesus, did you have to? I mean, thank you for the snow, but they came anyways. Now, I was baptized in a black church, a black Adventist church, black Adventist preaching put me a naval chaplain. Black Adventist church folk. Because I was, I'm, for those of us who are Indians, you know, my own family called me a coconut, right? Right, brown on the outside, Caucasian on the inside. I really wanted to say white, but I'm trying to be politically correct. My own family, because I can't speak the language. I do not know to this day why Jesus put me on the planet. I cannot eat hot food. I do not like hot drinks. Chai tea, I don't do. I'm from Seattle. I have never ordered Starbucks anything. I'm a hot mess, right? American-born, confused, Desi. Yeah, that me. My Indian family is racist. They got this one part that will smile at you in church. And then we sing these beautiful songs. And I honestly, especially when you saw the children's story, right? So I, I, I don't know any of you, but I'm just talking about Parts, and I'm looking at the camera, really, for some of us, right? But some of us got this part, right? Was it red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus. Oh, we sing that from one part of us, but let your son, daughter, I'm looking at the camera, right? Let your son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, niece, nephew, brother, sister, Bring somebody who doesn't like you and your ancestors to Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner, and they've been dating a while. Hmm? Broke the internet three years ago. 14 million. 14 million. We got some sad Venice, we got some mad Venice, we got some rad Venice, we got some bad Venice. Ah, <laughs> oh, you'll sing, all our precious in his sight. When that somebody shows up in your home for Christmas, and it's serious, they are too different from me. We'll get along in Jubilee. I don't want them part of my family. One part, red and yellow, black and white, all our precious in his. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for African-American people and preaching. And I'm so thankful I got the last Sabbath, Black History Month. Because what we do to each other if we tell the truth. Oh, can I go deeper? I used to attempt to be a pastor. This is 2020. And you work and you slave. Any pastor that's worth her or his salt, you're doing close to 50 hours a week, right? And here in 2020, Barnabas says, the average Christian in America, 34% read the Bible once a week or more. 50% read the Bible less than twice a year. Truth. 
We're going we to be thriving. In between these two extremes, people who read the Bible more than twice a year, but not on a weekly basis. Where, look, my visual learners here. We tell the truth, you are slaving all day, every day, and you are wondering if people in the church are actually converted. Parts. Man, you got a part that will show up, but an actual desire that comes from within where you want to read the Bible, man, where you actually enjoy reading the Bible. And look, man, the Bible's not the 100% of conversion. Like you want to do church stuff. You like want to go and do, be, be involved in ministry. Like there's something inside of you that says, yo, I want to go and feed the homeless. As opposed to some of our ethnic families will be like, You slave as a pastor, man. And although people will sing these beautiful songs on Sabbath, get them in a board meeting. Get them on a school board meeting dealing with our kids. Get them on a building program. Get them on the executive committee. Get them on a nominating committee. Get conflict happening between two members in the church and the gossip and the backbiting, and you're slaving 50 hours a week, and I'm like, bro, are you even converted? Or you just got a part of you that shows up to a building, and a part of you that just doesn't really know Jesus. And Paul, man, Paul's crying out for a superhero. Check him out. Who? And do you know the dude who's writing this? This ain't no Jedi, man. This, this ain't no Marvel comics. You read your Bible, you will find out this dude made a dude blind just looking at him. Sorcerer. You want to talk about x-ray vision, man? He just went, Phew, dude went blind. Paul. This dude, if you read your Bible, was preaching too long. I'm sorry, I'm going to be done soon. Guy fell out the window named Eutychus, he died. Paul just bodied him, brought him back to life. Resurrected the dead. Paul. Got a venomous snake, bit to him, man, he just dunked it in a fire. Paul, he had superpowers and he's crying out, I'm miserable. Who is going to release me from this body of death? And the temptation is to say, oh, it's just Jesus. I know I'm going to sound heretical, but you got to go fact check me and get, get, get my slides. They already have them here. Just email them out to everybody. Go ahead and fact check me. It's not just Jesus. This might be part of the problem. You just want to run right to Jesus. And if you look at the text, what Paul says, man, because through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who what? Who gives life? It's not just Jesus. And part of the reason why we might have spiritual immaturity in certain segments of the church, I don't know who you are. Now you can understand why I was so scared to come today. I don't want to preach this. Who wants to get stoned? Cancel culture. Y'all going to be on. This is why I'm not on Facebook anymore. Go ahead, write whatever you want. I ain't going to read it. And it's this Holy Spirit. And he's absent. And it drives me crazy. Christmas, we sing all of these carols. 
the drummer boy ain't even in the text and he got his own song. <laughs> and there'd be no Jesus without the Holy Spirit. There's no Jesus, there's no Christmas, there's no... Jesus was dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And Paul's saying, man, I'm crying out for a superhero even though I got superhero power. I got a part of me that I can't control. I got a part of me that wrestles with sin. I got a part of me that wrestles with addiction. I got a part of me that is lukewarm. I got a part of me that's apathetic. I got a part of me that doesn't really believe prayer works because I've been praying so long and nothing's really changing. Paul said, I need a hero and it's the, it's the spirit who gives life. So check me, bro. If the spirit of who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. It's not just Jesus. Jesus is the one that says, hey, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't, you're not going to get the... The parakletos, the one who comes beside to help, and you need to see the conclusion of the first sermon. But we are hopefully ignorant as a people when it comes to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just end on this, right? Because I know I'm crazy when it comes to preaching. I can't believe you had me here, but I'm so glad you did, but I'm still scared. You ever seen these... Uh, television shows and these movies where there's an ambulance and two people are in there and one person is on the, on the stretcher and there's a loved one and then there's somebody in the old school, I know it was the paddles, right, but now they got these new ones that kind of go around the heart and, and so if your loved one is there on the gurney and, and something happens somewhere and they're driving to the hospital. And let's pretend for the sake of this illustration that the hospital is far away and a part of the heart is beating, but another part of the heart is shrinking and shriveling and dying. And the longer the, the person is waiting, the, the more the heart is dying and it's on a continuum. It's, a, it's on a time constraint. And so you're sitting there in the ambulance and this person is on the stretcher and their heart is part of it. It's, it's, and the person has the paddles, has this ability, has this power. And instead of doing what we all want to do, the person begins to sing. Praise the paddles, praise the paddles, let the earth hear the paddles' voice. Praise the paddles, praise the paddles, let the people rejoice. And you're like, hey, that, that, that's great. I, I, I like what you're talking to me about these paddles, right? And what if that person there is standing with this instrument that can bring life and you're sitting there because you love that person and, and you're saying, I, they need you, I need you. And the person says, well, let me tell you about these paddles. Well, first of all, the paddle has these 2,300 days, and then there's these 70 weeks, and the 69th week, and then the last week, you could cut it off in the middle, and you'll be like, yeah, look, man, that sounds great, but um, can you? What a friend we have in paddles. Paddles are coming again. Turn your eyes upon paddles. 
Oh, let's not just pick on the hymns, right? How great are our paddles. Sing with me. And you are sitting there going, yo, man, I need you to put the paddles on the heart because when you make that connection, power goes from the paddle to the heart and that which was dead becomes alive and that which was alive becomes dead if you understand the transaction on the cross and and all of this power that we're singing about and we're theologically debating about and the Holy Spirit is sitting there going, yo, because where my illustration breaks down is it's not just electricity, he's a person. He's the parakletos, man. And he wants to come in your life and jumpstart your heart. And I had to go to a black church to understand the power of the spirit that works in us. And if you look at the majority of our hymns, it drives me nuts. Holy Spirit's not mentioned. Trust and obey. Listen to this sacrilege. For there's no other way. What? Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. This is what we're teaching our kids. Hey, yo, you can't trust and obey without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. You got an apostle who can raise the dead saying the good that I want to do I can't do and the evil things I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. I'm miserable. I need me a superhero. And the Holy Spirit, some cultures will call him the Holy Ghost wants to come inside your life, but if we're not preaching about it, if we're not teaching about it, I drive myself crazy, man. I'm like, I'm baptizing these kids. But as soon as they're 18 with car keys, they ain't coming to no Sabbath school, bro. As soon as they got a little bit of independence and what are you going to do, force them? That's biblical. Yeah, go get your conversion on church. I told you so. Go ahead, doctor, start playing, man. But Jesus said, and these hymns don't talk about it. And our praise music doesn't talk about it. And we got issues and hangups and hurts and heartache and complacency. And our kids are like, man, I don't feel it. I don't know it. And you're slaving. The vast majority of us don't even read the Bible. And maybe there's a sermon that says, yo, I love you, man. You got all of these internal defenses, man, but I, Holy Spirit, I'm the one that teaches you how to live beyond yourself. I, the Holy Spirit, am the one Jesus is like the modem, man. The modem connects the internet to your iPhone. And this Holy Spirit is trying to connect to your heart. But like your phone, you can have it on airplane mode if you don't know the power of the person. And maybe this morning, there's somebody here that's Holy Spirit's like, I got power, man. I know you've been wrestling with that addiction and you've been suffering in silence, but I'm the one that brings Jesus and makes him real inside of your life. I'm the one. Changes the dynamics in your marriage if you got to do some work in therapy. You go see the first sermon. You can pray for decades, but if you don't do the Holy Spirit thing and the therapy thing, you're just going to be stuck. And I'm just wondering if there's somebody stuck this morning. Like I was and I have been. Praying. 
So we're going to sing this song together. And I'm praying the miracle of new life and new birth and new conversion. So I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to do something a little unorthodox. Stand with me, please. I'm going to pray before we sing. Jesus, you talked about the Holy Spirit and resurrection power. Move in our midst. Folk here wrestling with addictions and suffering in silence. Folk in the camera might be struggling with parenting, struggling in marriages, struggling with dating. Heaven forbid, God, there's people within my hearing, just like me as a teenager before Dr. Neal, I was wrestling with suicide. Use the, the message of this music. As we go to sing, break some things open for good. Give us an understanding of your love. Do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Change us, we pray, as we worship and sing in Jesus' name.